0: Well, hey, how y'all doing today? We are coming with you with another Refuge Church podcast. I feel like every time I say Refuge Church, I'm I'm ready to give out the email address, but we'll Church do that Refuge. at the end. Um, but yeah, so hey, it's just Mike and I today. Pastor Dan isn't with us, but hey, hey. we wanted to still, we're diving into this whole series on Advent, um, tis the season, so we wanted to come in with another Um, just kind of element of Advent, but, you know, just really, truly our heart for this podcast is to take, what, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What does that actually mean when you walk out the doors of church, of the actual church building? And so that was kind of the heart behind this podcast is what's it look like to be a disciple of Jesus who is making disciples when you wake up in the morning, when you go throughout your day? when you're at work, when you're wherever. What's that look like? And so we don't have the answers, but we have some thoughts. We got some things. But you're in the right place. Yeah. We don't have the answers, but hey, uh, you're here. We don't have all of them. We got, we got maybe a few. So, But today we're going to talk about Advent, broadly speaking. Pastor yep. Dan gave us a good list of five things last week. I'm not going to try to remember them all. I was going to say,
1: can you remember them? No.
0: But... <laughs> Listen to last week's episode. There was some good stuff in there. Um, but real quick, Mike, tell me about Advent. When did you first hear mm. the word Advent? What what does it mean? Like, what did it mean to you then?
1: So honestly, so yeah. So I've talked about my background um, a lot over the scope of this show. Um, I grew up very Reformed Presbyterian. And in that school, it was highly fundamentalist. And we were taught that Catholics... Are the enemy. And hmm. um I don't believe that Catholics are the enemy. Um so don't hit us up with that email. If you'd <laughs> like to know more about why, uh do hit us up with the email. But anyway, I, I knew that growing up Catholicism, there was a lot of stuff with candles and like stuff I didn't understand and weird things. And at that time, um my family and I we ended up leaving the church that we were at. Um, hmm. and I was about Twelve? No, it was ten. Mm-hmm. It would have been ten, and we ended up at a um, a Presbyterian church. So we went from a charismatic church to a Presbyterian church, um, which I know doesn't really make sense with the school I was at, but anyway. And they had an Advent wreath, hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. absolutely not! Like this is satanic." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and I didn't really comprehend or know that that was something many churches, both Protestant and um you know, Catholic celebrate is Advent. And them like, I remember talking to my parents about it and they were like, yeah, you remember this calendar that like gives mm-hmm. you chocolate every day? I was like, Oh, that's just not a thing for December. They're like, no, yeah. it's an Advent. Yeah. Um, and we, we do it in anticipation of Jesus. He's the best gift. And mm-hmm. so, um, that was my first exposure and, uh, I've never really given it the proper thought, mm and celebration that maybe I should, I, I've had a hard time distinguishing between worship and celebration
0: Hmm. in my life.
1: And I think all worship is celebration and not all celebration is worship, right? We can celebrate your birthday and not be worshiping you. Um, but we can be celebrating you. And so uh, I've had a hard time drawing that line in the church. Again, my, my some of that upbringing still mm-hmm. comes out. Mm-hmm. But this has been a year, even even having a cross on a wall, honestly, has, I, that's been a struggle for me hmm. um, for many years, and I am celebrating my 11th year as a Christian, hmm. Yeah, and I'm finally like, hey, that cross on the wall is really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. That thing was an object of cursing hmm. in the Old and New Testament, and God made that thing like an object of hope Mm, mm -hmm. like come on now that's a good reminder and like and just starting to appreciate some of those things differently and so advent has been one of those things that i have been looking at i don't want to say i've been looking at it differently because i don't want you to ask how are you looking at it differently i don't know other than i'm like i'm trying to celebrate it more yeah um you know even this year than Mm. than in the past
0: that's cool yeah i honestly i don't actually know if I even knew what Advent was, isn't that so strange? Like, seriously, till maybe I don't know five or so years ago. Like, I had heard the word, you know, or seen like the banners in churches, like the you know that had the hope. Peace. Even those, I
1: didn't really fully understand. Sometimes, yeah, I didn't understand.
0: Yeah. I didn't understand what it was. It was just like, oh yeah, it's Christmas. Oh, like they just yeah, have yeah. these words on banners hanging, flying in the rafters, you know. And but <laughs> what I do remember. Is the German club in high school would sell advent calendars. Like for whatever reason. Did you go to a Christian school? No. (laughs) Like the, you know, Deutschland club would sell the, (laughs) the advent calendars and i was just like i so i thought i saw it as like a fundraising thing yeah. like that's what i knew advent as was like oh yeah it's just like the german club they sell these little calendars <laughs> like it must be a german <laughs> thing you know so i really feel oh, like i had man. no idea what advent even was for the longest time so yeah. it's like <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing um but if you're out there and this is maybe the first year that you've understood or even are coming to grips with this term Advent. You're not alone. Yeah. So, but in that the arrival of Christ, right? That's what we're talking about. So the word today, hope. All right. So when we think about hope as it's tied to Advent, as it's tied to this arriving of the Messiah, you know, Mike, what do you, what do you go to? It's a great question.
1: And, I knew it was coming.
0: (laughs) You can dish it back to me. I got a verse that I can read if you want to think about it. No, 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 no. I've been been thinking about it. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) go. No, it's it's
1: interesting because where where I start to go to is um, my hope in Christ's return. Mm. And I talked about this last week a little bit. um, And as I've been thinking about that, like, I don't... (laughs) I don't know that I anticipate his arrival as much as I should. And this isn't necessarily, um, you know, about guilt or, or anything like that, but like, I think about who is it? Is it, um, Simon who's in the temple after the birth of Christ and Luke, is that him? Maybe there. All right. We'll call him Simon. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure that, um, that's his name, but Luke, uh, has this account for us of this really faithful, um, really faithful Jew who was in the temple and God gave him, I forget if he was there every single day. I think he was, but God gave him this, you know, word of assurance that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's because he was just randomly, you know, there and just going for one hour a week. Um, you know, and God was like, here's one. That's mm-hmm. good enough. Let's talk to it. Like, I think God in one sense is rewarding his faithfulness, but there are also plenty of other faithful, you know, Jews who God didn't make that promise to, but he did to Simon and that ended up coming to pass. And I mean, that's wild. And And, and, and I think about him coming back day after day, after day, after day, it wasn't like God gave him that promise. And then three days later it happened. Mm. Even with Abraham, like Abraham, I'm going to make you into many and Abraham really never sees that he sees. Um, I think if you like look at how old he was, like he would have seen Isaac and, um, or he would have seen Esau and Jacob born, Mm -hmm. but he didn't even see Jacob's, you know, Hmm. 12 sons or any of that. And I mean, it's just, it's, I think about, am I anticipating what God has promised? You know, I just said, I'm celebrating 11 years. And honestly, I've looked more at God's coming with fear, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, do hit us up with that email; we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> um, but not with joy, not with great anticipation, mm-hmm. and there is great hope. You know, like there's a ton of suffering in this world. There's a ton of brokenness in this world. There's there's a ton that is twisted in our reality that Jesus works in and moves in even now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't mistake that but there is a coming day when that will ultimately be dealt with and it's not my first or last thought every morning mm-hmm.
0: so i don't know yeah 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 thanks for sharing that that's good you know and i and i think too it just it really gets to the core of you know hope and i and i think it's it's something that right may not be a tangible thing like that you hold in your hand in a sense like you know I I read the scripture faith is the substance of things hoped for faith you're right you defined it as walking you know in obedience along uh, I didn't I botched it say it again (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, faithfulness is long obedience in the same direction so yeah
0: okay Um, so hope You know, it it just kind of got me thinking, where does it talk about hope in Scripture? You know, and and it was two Scriptures that really came to mind. Um, The first one in 1 Peter 3, it talks about sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. So be ready to basically give a reason for why you have hope, and then the second one was in Colossians one twenty seven, and it talks about to them which Paul writing to them God willed the Gentiles to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I just really saw just in that a connection with hope was give a reason. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you. What's the hope in you? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Like, what is glory but truly the return of Christ, right? So it's like, it's this full circle of, I really believe deep down that we probably don't live this way as we should, but Christians really should be the most hopeful people in the entire planet. Because... You know, we know the end is written. Right. You know, we know the the redemption of Christ. Well, you know, yeah. And,
1: and if I may, I, I don't think we only know the end. Yeah. We also know to some degree, the present. Sometimes we have no idea what's going on and often that's yeah. true, but we do know what our lived experience is mm-hmm. and our lived experience should not be primary, but it certainly is influential. We also know what is past. And yep. so, uh, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago in church, but I think about even what you're talking about worth, be ready to give an account for the hope that you have. And I yeah. think about the scripture that says we will overcome mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we cheapen um, our testimony to just being our conversion experience, Mm -hmm. which is a wild statement in and of itself to think that, like, because that's not really cheap. That's amazing and should be celebrated and we should talk about. But it's not only that. Mm -hmm. Right. I the, the assurance of my hope is not only what I saw God do at my conversion, but also how I have seen God work time and time Mm -hmm. and time again, even though I can't see him in the moment, but sometimes it's in looking back at my past that I can see how God was absolutely working and absolutely moving. And it has been that great and vast body of work
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that on the days when everything is gray and bland, I can rest in knowing if he did it before Mm -hmm. And he came through before, he's going to continue and ultimately do so yeah. at the second coming.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. You know, I, I feel like too, he, he is the present living hope today, not just one day. Yeah, I mean, he is today, you know, and, and I think just Advent, the arrival, right? we we can i think sometimes just get caught up in this like in between right the church age of jesus has come he will come again but sometimes i think we can just get caught up in like you know we feel like there's so much distance between both of these you know end stakes right you know where it's like well we're just kind of meandering through like we aren't the nation of israel lost in the wilderness Like we have Christ today, a living, present hope, you know? And truly though, to know him as hope, it takes time. It takes sitting in his word. It takes meditating on who he has revealed himself to be. I mean, it, it takes this relationship with God himself to really be able to not just say oh yeah my hopes in god but the way that you live people start asking you like first peter talks about hey why are you so hopeful man do you see the world yeah uh why are you not freaking out right now you know like what's going on because you know i feel like that's truly who we're called to be you know the people who recognize today Jesus Christ is my actual hope in this very moment, you know, and not that he's just going to do the thing I want him to do, but he's actually all that I need, you know, right now. Um, But just thinking through with like, okay, coming up on Christmas, coming up on just the celebration of Christ's birth, which we're reflecting on, looking forward to the anticipation of his second coming, um, just thinking through, like, what do you think And this? This is just, you know, what do you think living in that way of, of being hopeful? What can we do to kind of be a hopeful people? You know, like, what can we do? You know? I I like like... that you're
1: asking the guy who was like, I don't wake up or go to bed hopeful. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) No, it's great. It's good.
1: Yeah. Um, What can we do to live like a hopeful people?
0: (laughs) To be really hopeful. Not just pretend.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm reminded of the story of the Israelites um, or the account of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. Mm Mm-hmm into um, into the promised land. And man, even as I'm thinking about this, okay, all right, let's see where this goes. Because mm-hmm. I got something brewing in my mind I haven't thought about before. But now, <laughs> now we're going there. Okay, so the people that are crossing into the promised land is not the generation that crossed through the Red Sea. Or if it is, they were incredibly young And at best, the oldest ones would have remembered it. Mm -hmm. And at worst, most of them probably were not alive or did not remember. Yeah. And it's actually really cool to think that God is almost using that to remind them that he's the same God who brought them out of Egypt. Mm. It's not the same thing as crossing on dry land, no less, Mm -hmm. through the Red Sea, but it is very similar. And it's pointing directly back to that. Furthermore, the people were instructed to raise up uh, an Ebenezer, which was a pile of stones. And not just like your zen 12-inch high, whatever. This is a monument. Mm -hmm. This would have been like, I mean, not to the height of an obelisk or the Washington Monument, but like... When you go through and see those things, you're like, oh, that's significant. And the point was so that the children would ask their parents, what's that about? And their Mm -hmm. parents would be like, yeah, our parents said God brought us through the Red Sea. And we believed it, but we also, I mean, you know, and then we crossed through the Jordan River. We know that this is who this God is. Mm -hmm. This is what he continues to do. Mm -hmm. And how we can live as a hopeful people is... Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We do not live in a Christian nation.
0: Mm.
1: At best, we kind of did. At one point, maybe. Mm -hmm. But overall, we don't. And... Like, God is still good. And God is still God. And so, as we see... Whatever the political climate... Pushes us towards in terms of brokenness, whether it's consumerism or, um, you know, even just humanistic efforts and and things Mm -hmm. like that. As we see the brokenness of this world continue, that can be very drab and discouraging. And I think rightfully so sometimes because I think some of that should exist to motivate us to exercise our will Mm -hmm. as a people of God who do something about it. Mm -hmm. That being said, some things are out of our hands and out of our control. I do think we should make the effort, though. That being said, I think Christmas can serve as a reminder Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that when things looked bleak, Hmm. God came down as an infant really God and really human and he himself walked through the brokenness of this world without becoming broken Hmm. and then like fixed it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) which is like the simplicity of the gospel. And that's insane. But it's, it's a reminder that like we can be so hyper focused on our day that we forget that God is like God is still God and he solved everything in a moment and he's going to like fully bring that to pass in another moment. And we can look forward to that and we can rest and trust in who he is Mm. and who he's been Mm -hmm. because he's the same God that brought him through the the Jordan River and the same one that brought him through the Red Sea.
0: Yeah. Dude, that was great. I mean, I was reminded of, Praise God. Paul, when he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith. There is an element of surrender that positions you to a place to naturally begin to walk by faith. And that is a place of surrender. You know? Okay, God, you want me to cross the Red Sea? You know, not literally, but to Moses, right? And it's like, I have to surrender my ability to understand, <laughs> you know, because that seems ridiculous. Because he can
1: see something greater, he can yeah. see um, the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, right. And so and so I think that's that's really it, is the hope that we have may look ridiculous to the world, because they don't see truly this beautiful reality of the risen Christ that is our living hope today you know and so i just think it really comes to this place of the more that we actually surrender over to god and allow him to have the more that we consistently can be hopeful knowing that he he truly is sovereign over all things you know not saying that all things that happen are you know, God's perfect will for your life, you know, but, um, God is when, when he truly is the one who is governing your life, when he's the one who's truly leading you and you're following him, you're in a really great place to receive the, the actual reality of what hope is.
1: Right. And you're in a great place because of who God is. Amen. And the the, the testimony of scripture says a lot of things but in short it says that he is good. And yeah. This is part of what makes the good news of Jesus good news. It is foolishness to say that well Jesus said really smart things and I appreciate that and I think he was really ethical but that has no effect on my life yeah. because he was a lunatic mm. if that is all that we're taking away from him in his life. Either he Lived, died, and was resurrected, Mm -hmm. or he lived, died, and was dead. Yeah. And what we see about his compelling nature is that it testifies to the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. It testifies to the goodness of who God is and the reality that God is a good God who has good gifts Mm -hmm. for his children.
0: Yeah. It's good. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this and listen if if you're really struggling with hope you know you feel like you're just in a season where you know maybe you really do feel depressed um you know or just want to talk more about what is the hope of jesus christ you know i don't think i really know who jesus is listen we're here for you we'd love to have that conversation with you we love to pray with you you know whatever we can do to be there for you So if you want to reach out to us, um, our email is info at churchrefuge.com. Good. Okay. I got it right. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All right. So bookend this with Church Refuge, Refuge Church. All right. Signing off. We'll see you again next week. (laughs) Thanks, guys.